AI is literally learning to understand what is going on much in the same way a human being would. I am pleased today to be here with Isaac Hicks. He is the founder and CEO of Slipbot. Welcome, Isaac. Hi, thank you. Great to be here. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how it led you to found the company? Yeah, certainly. So uh, my classical training is in aerospace engineering, and I worked for the government doing um, aerospace uh, hypersonic design for a little bit. I moved on from that into the business consulting side. I was working with Accenture in business transformation, um, looking at enterprise software solutions and other type of situations related to that. And in doing that, I got to see a lot about, um, you know, how different businesses operate at that scale, but also got to understand the problems that these larger organizations have. So I had built a couple of software programs on the side as I was doing that, um, a couple in various industries. And eventually that led me to creating my own company. Um, my first company was a marketing organization that I had scaled up a little bit. And as I was building that marketing organization, I had made a series of automated tools in order to help me um, you know, along my journey as the leader of the organization. Whenever I interacted with the people that I was servicing, you know, my clients, my vendors, they were very interested in the technology that I was using, even much more so than the services that I was offering. So at the beginning of COVID, um, I lost a couple of my clients due to that, and it seemed like a good time to really transition over. So I began uh, technology consulting and building custom technology designs with artificial intelligence. I eventually ran into my initial client for the Slipbot. His name is Andy. He runs an organization, Solus Reinsurance. I worked with him for about a year to develop the solution. And, you know, he was very excited about it. He told me that there was wide-reaching market potential in the reinsurance space about it. So we kind of split that off as its own company, began to really invest heavily in the product and took it from there. What exactly are these tools or have these tools been built into a solution that's relevant for, you know, insurance, insurtech, insurance innovation, et cetera? Yeah, so really what we're focusing on is unstructured document processing. And the main document that we're focused on here is the slip, the reinsurance slip. What we're doing is we have built an AI process that you can simply drag and drop whatever document you have and it can pull out whatever you're looking for and immediately put that into your document management system completely hands off so we're removing the need for people to actually read through these things but we're also looking to expand into um, you know the creation of documents from that um, and also the processing of other documents for someone who's not a technologist what is there that's fundamental to the work you've done around unstructured data that is also sort of fundamental around automating these other processes that, you know, I understand logically why these are sort of adjacent markets or adjacent processes, why you'd move into them. But, you know, what, what what's core about what you've already developed that, you know, gives you the strength to move into these other areas? 
So really what's core about it is that the models that we're using, um, they do natural language understanding. And so in doing that, they, they literally learn much in the same way that a human being would learn from these different documents, right? So we process a couple thousand slips for various clients, then our base AI system has literally learned about the reinsurance industry and how those terms are set and everything. And then at that point, we can begin to ask more sophisticated questions instead of just doing things like, okay, well, we're looking for the we're looking for the occurrence limit on the second layer. Let's extract the occurrence limit on the second layer. Instead of that, we can start to ask things like, okay, so based on the layering schema of this account and the way that the layers are set up with response to the limits, what does it actually look like in the model if the third layer is hit and we need to, um, you know, we need to satisfy the loss up to the third layer? Is that actually accretive to our books? At what point does this stop to be, does this stop being a you know, a profitable or advantageous solution for us to jump into, or like at what point does it not make sense anymore to actually pursue this slip? What about sort of training versus learning and kind of how these models kind of reach reach a point where they where they can understand things more in context versus sort of someone sort of saying thumbs down, thumbs up. You, you know, on a on a response. It's a little bit difficult to not get too technical with that, but essentially there is there is natural language processing, which is the training, and then there is natural language understanding, which is the actual ascertainment of contextual understanding, right? And so natural language processing is, you know, um, Let's get a model. Let's throw a couple million words at it and tell it which ones are nouns and which ones are verbs. And then it'll be able to tell me if a new word is a noun or a verb. Fantastic. Natural language understanding is let me give you a bunch of information around a particular thing and let me ask you questions about that thing that may or may not have been in the base data. How would someone you know, understand when you have organizations like a Google or some of these other large players that you mentioned, uh, which have, you know, billions of dollars of resources and thousands of people that you're able to generate better results, more accurate results, more, you know, useful results um, than they can. Yeah, so it really comes down to the way that we're actually going about solving the unstructured document processing problem. And what you'll see with a lot of these bigger organizations and really a lot of just organizations in general who are approaching this problem is they're going for a topology first paradigm. And what that means is they are looking at the geography of the page. So we know that this word is at this XY coordinate position in the page. So like, let's say we're looking for the reinsurer. Okay, so we're going to find the reinsurer on the page. It's right here. Okay, so where is it potentially going to say, okay, maybe whatever's over here. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Great. And that works pretty well for simple matchups like that. 
Where it doesn't work so well is whenever you're trying to find things like what is a summary of this or what are the implications of this? Because there's no algorithm to look through stuff like that. And so then there's this need for more of like an abstract kind of critical thinking aspect to the AI that you're not really getting whenever you just do this training model. And um, quite frankly, we just do it a little bit differently. You've talked about moving into adjacent uh, processes. So where where's kind of the line between that and, and and sort of playing in an ecosystem and being able to integrate with other other tools that they may already have or 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 may want to bring on in the future? Yeah. So so what we're looking to do right now is we're looking to uh move a substantial amount of our architecture to the cloud and make it available via api and once we have that available via api we're going to be able to just integrate directly into whatever other platform they have you know you've talked about kind of short-term roadmap i i mean is there a is there a bigger picture longer-term vision you have for this yeah so the longer-term vision is to be able to reduce, if not remove, all need for manual data entry and manual document understanding at that level. So as someone who you know, did not come from the insurance industry and then have an idea, but more kind of developed some technology and then found a use case and has been able to build on that, has there been anything particularly surprising to you about the industry? Um, you know, are there any other technologies out there that you think are particularly interesting or, 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 or maybe any other predictions you might have as, as maybe someone who, who started as more of an outsider and, and has now gotten a window into the industry? Yeah, so um, a couple of things that I do think are interesting is it seems that, um, you know, there's this big push to algorithmatize pretty much everything, which is understandable, but I think at a certain point that's going to start to influence the market in a negative way because um, like the overall sentiment regarding the insurance industry and reinsurance industry is going to get you know, I think that, that sentiment is going to become damaged when all decisions become algorithmic and there's no human component to it whatsoever, because at the end of the day, what insurance looks to do is it looks to protect people from risks. And if it becomes apparent that, yeah, we'll protect you from risk, but only if we know that we're going to make more on you than you're like, only if we know you're going to pay us more yeah. than you cost us and everybody knows that then no one's going to buy it. So Isaac, it's been great having you on. Is there anything that um, we haven't covered that you'd like to touch on before we wrap up? Um, no, I mean, really the only thing that I would like to, uh, I guess, leave you guys with is, um, you know, the market, um, like the insure tech space is just going to get, you know, more and more heavy. There's going to be more and more industry players in it. And there's, you know, a real movement in insure tech. And what's important to evaluate whenever you are looking at potential insure tech providers is what the risk is to your current systems 
and what the risk is if things don't go according to plan with said solution. And, um, you know, part of that is what the implementation time and everything is concerned. So there's, there's a lot of things to be evaluated when it comes to engaging with a new insure tech, but um, I suppose the bigger it is, just the more cautious you need to be. All right, great. Well, we'll leave it at that. Isaac Hicks, founder and CEO of Slipbot. Thanks so much. Thank you.